Welcome back to I'm Open Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about what really goes down in the DMs, the Oprah of basketball, and why J.K. Rowling needs to watch her back. All coming up next on I'm Open Podcast. Well, I'm Open Family. We know what time it is. It's summertime. And the living is easy. But, you know, it's not that easy for everyone. And some people are really having a rough go of it. The heat has been bothering them. The humidity really gets to them. Their skin is sensitive. They get dehydrated. And some people get very weary, get very tired, lose their energy. Some people get very, very thirsty in this heat. And... Our first subject of today's episode is going to be maybe the thirstiest, thirsty of them all. And that is a gentleman by the name of Rob Palinka. If you're not familiar with Rob Palinka at the moment, he is most well known for looking like an exact doppelganger of Rob Lowe from 30 Rock. He's also known for getting into a huge dramatic fight and stabbing his former uh, teammate in the Los Angeles Lakers front office. Magic Johnson in the back, allegedly, according to Magic, which we had covered in depth on episode 32. But right now, Rob Palinka is in the news, and he is in our hearts, and he is in our minds, and he is on the I'm Open podcast because he has displayed some of the most lip-licking, most sweat-inducing, most quenching display of thirst we have ever seen and this world has ever witnessed. Now, free agency just wrapped up for the NBA and free agency for the I'm Open family members who aren't aware of what that means. It's basically when everybody who doesn't have a contract is free and open to go to any team they want. So it's really a bidding war between all the different teams. And it was as if after your contract is up with your job, every job and all the different competitors, all the different companies and businesses out there who are interested in your services are bidding. They're bringing you into their office. They're taking you out to dinner. They're taking you out to lunch. They're showing you all the nice things they can give you in their city or in their neighborhood. They're showing you how fucking awesome your desk is going to be when you work there. They're showing you how close you're going to be to the bathroom, how it's going to be so easy to walk over there and how they have the best coffee at their office. Everybody is recruiting, trying to bring players to their team and trying to build for the next season. Now, Rob Palinka and the Lakers, they did a great job this free agency. Some people say they won this free agency. Even though they didn't specifically get any huge free agents, they used their biggest free agent acquisition from last year. That's a gentle fellow by the name of LeBron James. And I bet you heard of him. They used LeBron's recruiting prowess and his standing in the league to bring in Another superstar, a gentleman I like to call King Unibrow, Anthony Davis, who has been a superstar for the New Orleans Pelicans ever since being their very first draft pick. But he was tired of losing. He was tired on of being the one superstar on a team that really didn't have a chance of winning the title. So he forced his way over to the Lakers to join LeBron James. And now that he's officially on the Lakers... We are starting to get from Anthony Davis some of the dirty details, some of the, you know, it's like when when a couple breaks up or when when somebody shoots their shot and it misses. And then you start to see the, the DMs 
come out. You start to see the screenshots of the text messages come out. And one party or another might get put on blast for putting themselves out there. And that is exactly what we're seeing in this situation, even though in this case they didn't break up. They actually they got together. But in, the, in retrospect, and as we look back at this whole process, Rob Palinka is starting to look thirsty as hell. It's, it's like, <clears throat> it's almost, <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. It's just almost making me parched and making me thirsty just thinking about what Rob Palinka went through this whole summer. Now, Anthony Davis recently sat down with the legend, DMV native herself, Rachel Nichols of ESPN. And Rachel, y'all already know. If you don't know her, you better know her. She's a legend. She's the best in the game right now. Every NBA player loves her. She's always the one. If you want to have a heart-to-heart, if you want to sit down and cry, laugh, talk about your family, talk about your career, she's like the Oprah of the NBA right now. Everyone wants to share their feelings with Rachel. So you got to hand it to her. Shout out, Rachel. Can't wait to get you on the pod. So, Anthony sat down with Rachel on ESPN. And this is just part of the transcript of their interview that especially caught my eye. So Rachel asked, how often did you, LeBron, and GM Rob Palenka talk on the phone during the crazy week of free agency? Anthony responded, oh, all the time. It was like every 30 to 45 minutes Rob would be calling me. And then Rachel, she couldn't believe it every 30 to 45 minutes so she said no come on and Anthony responded no seriously Rob would call me AD what do you think about him all right cool right back AD you know this is what's going on with him all right cool all right sometimes I had to tell him like Rob I'm in the movies he'd be like all right well call me as soon as you get out but we're trying to put the best team around us and I think he did a great job of doing it well look I'm glad I'm very glad that for the moment, Anthony is happy with being courted. It feels nice sometimes to get attention. It feels nice to have somebody calling you every 30 or 40 minutes. But trust me, Anthony, trust me, it gets fucking tiring. It is going to get tiring to have somebody calling you every 30 or 40 minutes. Now, maybe this was just during the recruiting process. Maybe this was just to figure out what other free agents he was going to bring in. But that's a little, to me, I mean, to me, that is a little desperate. And that's why I can tell Rachel's like, really? Come on. Rachel's been there. Rachel's had people try to drop into her DMs, I'm sure, and call her and shit that, you know, do it in a way that's not so uh, attractive, not so alluring to that person. I mean, how desperate do you have to be? Thirty Every 30 or 45 minutes, that could be like 50 times in a day. To the point when you have to be like, yo, man, uh, let me go back and finish Hobbs and Shaw really quick. I want to see if The Rock, you know, is able to lift this submarine over his head or not, and then I'll call you back. Like, give the man a break, let him watch his movie, let him finish his fucking popcorn, and then I'll call you back. How urgent could it be? How urgent could it possibly be? Because it's not like the Lakers really brought in any studs, you know, that were that great. It's mostly role players. They've got some guys to surround LeBron and Anthony Davis, but it's really... It's really all built around those two guys. So there really couldn't have been any situations that are that, that, that tight. Like, hey, Anthony, pick up. Pick up, Anthony, pick up. Should we give Rajon Rondo the mid-level or should we give him the veterans minimum? And I'm sorry, I'm open family, if you don't know what the mid-level exception or the veterans minimum is. But the point is... We're talking about details. We're talking about contract details that really don't affect, at the end of the day, Anthony Davis. I understand he wants to be a part of a winning team. He wants to be a leader on the team. But give the man a fucking break. Now, first, Anthony, like, before we get into the deep nitty-gritty of this, I'll just say this. You better make sure 
whatever sort of perks come in with your contract or or just living in LA, being on the Lakers, you better make sure that Rob Palenka is covering your next Verizon bill or Boost Mobile or Cricket or whatever you use because you can't have your man blowing up your phone 40 times in a day. I mean, you're going to blow out your whole phone bill. You have you you better make sure that you can you can go ahead and get your, yourself reimbursed for that on your next, you know, on your next paycheck. Second of all, this is a bad sign. This is a really bad sign for the start of the relationship. And I know you're going to be saying, but what the hell are you talking about, David? The season haven't even, hasn't even started. The Lakers look like they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. Maybe the best team in the league. Maybe a chance to bring LeBron, his third championship team, his fourth championship ring. Bring Anthony Davis, his first championship. This looks like a superstar team, an awesome team. Everybody can't wait to watch them all season long. And I'm already saying... This is a bad time, but you don't want to start off any relationship, whether it be sports, whether it be romantic, even friendship, even work. You don't want to start off any relationship where one side is so desperate and so thirsty because now Anthony knows, Anthony knows that his boss is thirsty and desperate. And that's a that's a really tough power dynamic that it's going to be hard now. Rob Palenka is the one who basically signs Anthony Davis's contract. He's the one who makes sure this man gets paid at the end of the day, right? And Anthony, he's not going to be scared of Rob Palenka after this. The man was calling him like a hundred fucking times a day. He knows he's got Rob in his pocket. Shouts to Tabby Bonet. You already know what I'm talking about, DMV legend. But Anthony's got him in his fucking pocket. So he can really do whatever he wants. He can skip a game if he wants. He can show up with Nike boots, you know, to say, I'm playing in Nike boots tonight. Hey, you know what? I'm going to Hawaii tonight. I'm not going to be in the game. You know what? I decided I want to play point guard tonight, not center. And what's Rob going to say? Yeah, I know. Rob Palenka is not the coach of the team. He's the general manager of the Lakers organization. But he has lost all of his sway. He has lost all of his control over this Anthony Davis situation. When you know that he is called and called and called again and called again and called again. If I was Anthony Davis, I would have been like, look, man, I don't know if we can call this, maybe call this trade off. But if you call me one more time, I'm telling you, I'm fucking going back to New Orleans. Because this is obscene. Like, I understand trying to prove to somebody you care about them, right? But there's a certain point where courting as they used to say in the olden days, courting someone, now that's kind of like stalking someone, okay? So times have changed. Times have really changed. Now, I used to see these old-timey movies. I remember watching the movie about the Temptations, and there was a scene where one of the guys had a, had a, had a crush on one girl in his high school, and every day he would try to talk to her, talk to her after school, and she wasn't really having it, she wasn't really trying to talk to him, and so eventually one day all the temptations follow the girl home, and they like sing her a song the whole time, all the way back to her house, the whole group is like snapping, like boom. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm talking about my girl. My girl, I got sunshine on a cloudy day with my girl. And they're following her all the way home. And it's like, okay, she gets with him. Spoiler alert. She, she, they date and they get together and she falls for it. But if you try to follow a girl all the way home, walking home today, I'm telling you kids, don't do it. 
don't do it because that's called stalking. That's called restraining order coming up on aisle two. Okay, so don't fucking do that. Times have changed. Times have changed. It used to be back in the days, back in old colonial times and shit. I'm not, I know temptations were not colonial times. I know that. I'm not, I'm not that dumb. I'm not that smart, but I'm not that, that dumb. So I'm just saying back in the day it used to be like, Please, milady. Then the guy's knocking on the side of her castle every night, bringing flowers, donating goats to her family and shit. Knocking, knocking on the door, giving donations to the king until he's like, well, "All right, you've won me over. You've proven no." Like these today, 2019. If you go knocking on the same girl's door, dropping off gifts every night, bringing flowers every night, ordering like six Domino's pizzas to her house, and just not saying who they're from, and just dr- showing up, just dropping a big bu- bu- bouquet of flowers on the porch and just leaving dropping a whole basket of puppies on the porch the next day like bro you're gonna have the cops on your ass real quick real quick okay you can't do that anymore you can't do that anymore so that is called courting and now courting is not allowed and i'm not trying to be like oh people are soft i think it's good i think it's good because also you know feminism come on 2019 y'all women get a chance to choose too it's not just like well i guess whichever boy shouts at me every day and he follows me every day after school the most and the longest that's who i'll like no that's not persistence is nice but eventually persistence becomes like pushy and becomes obsessive and also becomes stalking okay so what people used to call courting i today in 2019 like to call stalking and that is basically what Rob Palenka was doing to Anthony Davis. He was basically stalking him. Every 20 minutes, like, hey, where are you going? Oh, Starbucks? Okay, cool. What are you going to get? Coffee? All right, cool. Call you back later. 20 minutes later. Oh, hey, Anthony. Do you like your Starbucks? Oh, you're still in line? All right, cool. Are you going to get Vente? you going to get Largo? you, you going to get a Margo? Oh, Mar-a-Lago? All right, cool. I'll call you back. Okay, how much is it? 375 370 What was it? 379 Okay, cool. I'll call you back. 10 minutes later, oh, hey, Anthony, how's the Starbucks? Good? Did you like it? Did your tummy feel good from the coffee? Did he have cream? Did he have sugar? Like, bro, you gotta stop. You, you, like, you really gotta stop. All right, Rob Palenka, he's laughing now. The Lakers are happy now. They're all fun and games. We're back. The Lake Show is back. LeBron, AD, everybody's goofing around. Anthony Davis got invited to do Taco Tuesday with LeBron and the Royal James family at the James household in LA. It's all happy, hunky-dory. All's good. All's good in the castle right now for King James and the Lakers. But I'm telling you right now, it's a bad sign. Because Anthony Davis, guess what? His contract is coming up. That's right. Anthony Davis, he has the opportunity to opt out of his contract and become a free agent next summer in 2020. Only less than 12 months away. So is he going to look back and say, wow, no, no, he's probably going to say, I loved my time with the Lakers, but sometimes it's a little more intriguing if somebody plays a little hard to get. Remember, you're the Lakers, the franchise of Kobe and Shaq and Magic and Kareem and Wilt and Jerry West, the logo, okay, and Cedric Ceballos, okay, and Jordan Farmar, Chris Kamen, okay, Lamar Odom, all right, Andrew Bynum. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Derek Fisher, Robert Ory, okay? Trevor Ariza, Jeremy Lin, 
But the point of the story is Anthony, he's going to look back on this moment and he's going to remember, wow, the Lakers, they seemed really desperate. They seemed really like they needed me a lot more than I needed them. So maybe, maybe I was too quick to commit. Maybe I shouldn't really stay here because if they're so desperate, desperate, desperate to have me, how, how good are they really going to be on their own? So I would just watch out Laker fans before you start planning your victory parade. Just watch out Rob Palenka because if you keep calling people like that, you really might get a restraining order. So just please watch yourself. Okay, I'm just trying to give you I'm just trying to give you a shout out and just some advice. Just just watch watch your back. Watch your back because if you call normal people, if you call them every half hour, they will either block your number or call the police or 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 at least get a lawyer. So just be mindful of that, Rapalenka. Man, like I told y'all, the summertime living, it's easy for some and it's very thirsty for others. It's extremely thirsty for others. Another thirsty bunch this summer has been, and it makes me sad to say it because that's my team, but the Washington Wizards. Now, this has been, I was talking about free agency, people looking for new jobs, finding new jobs, getting recruited by new jobs. Now, the Wizards had a really big job opening to fill. And that is the general manager of their team, the same exact role Rob Palenka holds at the moment for the Lakers. The Wizards, for years and years, had been under the control and under the guidance of a gentleman by the name of Ernie Grunfeld, who did everything in his power to run the team into the ground. And he did a terrific job. He, after being one of the longest tenured general managers in the NBA and the longest tenured general manager in the entire league that has not won a championship, he was finally relieved of his duties. That was on April 2nd. This is a while ago, and you're probably thinking to yourself, David, it's April 2nd. That's old news, buddy. Why are we even talking about this? Well, here's why. The Wizards, they had a job vacancy starting that day, April 2nd, when Ernie Grunfeld was fired as general manager. And they, that was for the biggest and most important job in the organization. That's a moment where they needed guidance Free agency was coming up. The draft is coming up. Your moment to choose new players from college to join the team. But they didn't hire a new general manager in time for the draft. They didn't even hire a new general manager in time for free agency. It took them until July 19th to hire a new general manager. That's almost four months. All of April, all of May, all of June... And then most of July until they finally, finally decided to think outside the box and name Ernie Grunfeld's assistant, Tommy Shepard, as the new GM. No, I'm not trying to talk any trash about Mr. Shepard. Let's let the man go out there, work, see if he can do his job. He seems like a smart guy. But how insulting is it to Mr. Shepard that the Wizards, they went out, they interviewed Tim Connolly of the Denver Nuggets. They tried and tried and 
to convince him to come over to the Wizards. We'll pay you whatever you want. We'll give you whatever you want for dessert. We'll get you a free pedicure every Wednesday. We'll buy your kids whatever pets they want. We'll send your wife flowers. We'll send your dog a massage. They were offering everything. But Tim Connolly was like, no, I'm good. I'd, I'd like to be on this team that's actually good. So he stayed in Denver. Then they, they really wanted Masai Ujiri, a gentleman who just orchestrated and organized the Toronto Raptors championship run. So they were begging Masai, we'll let you own part of the team. We'll let you own half of DC. We'll give you however many hot dogs with chili on them from Ben's Chili Bowl that you want. We'll let you paddle boat around the Washington Monument as many times as you want. No, it's a lie. You can't paddle boat around the Washington Monument. You can only paddle boat around the Jefferson Memorial. But they, they offered him all the paddle boats he could ever need. And he said no as well. So they came back once again empty-handed and waited and waited. And you think at that point maybe, look, we've got a great candidate in the house. If they liked Tommy Shepard off the bat at the beginning, why not just once your other other main targets don't want the job, shut you down very publicly, very, very publicly. It's like literally doing like a promposal getting all your friends to do like a fucking you know human pyramid spelling out the name of your you know promposal target and then they just shut you down in front of the whole school that is basically what happened to the wizards not once but twice it's like then you do that you get shut down you say no fuck that i didn't even like her i'm coming back with another promposal this time i'm getting one of those skywriter planes but no i'm actually getting two skywriter planes i'm getting them each to write my name and then her name at the same time they're gonna be twisting back and forth in between each other spell her name spell my name and eventually the smoke of our two names is gonna interconnect and just form one puff cloud that's then gonna turn into a heart and then we're going to prom together and then she's still like um no i actually like ricky uh no so that's basically what happened to the wizards twice in a row and even then they weren't willing they were not willing to just go back and say hey you know what we got a great candidate in-house tommy shepherd he's a smart guy he's got a lot of friends in the nba he's really worked his way up he's really experienced no they still wait months and weeks and months and weeks and then finally and then finally, after, like I said, almost four months of waiting, they say, okay, yeah, Tommy Shepard's going to get the job. Now, I'm happy for Tommy Shepard, but how sour does that have to feel in his mouth? It's like, yo, I, I wanted the job right off the bat. I'm like, now, now he knows. Now he knows he wasn't just the backup plan. He was the backup to the backup plan. He might have even been the backup to the backup plan to the backup plan to the backup plan. And like, nobody wants to be a backup plan. Nobody wants to be a backburner priority, and that's not fair to him. So the Wizards totally made a fucking clownery out of their whole organization just by the way they handled this. Now it's up to Tommy Shepard to try to pick up the pieces, and hopefully he can. Hopefully he can redeem himself, but like I said, he's starting off with a sour taste in his mouth. Shout out to Warhead's Candy. Now speaking of clownery, my good friend Jalen Ramsey of the Jacksonville Jaguars has recently stated on a podcast, he was on a Bussin' with the Boys podcast episode hosted by Titans lineman Taylor Luan and another lineman who's not currently on any team, Will Compton. Now, they were asking Jalen about his experience in college and trash talking, and Jalen said, Say I was playing a big receiver at whatever school. I would look up his Instagram and slide into his girlfriend's DMs before the game. 
And he said, yeah, people got really hot about it. So he said he doesn't do it anymore because now in the NFL, it's not now when he was at Florida State, you're 19 years old, you're 20 years old, you're messing around, joking around. Now that you're in, you're in the NFL with grown men, like a lot of these guys have wives, have kids. They won't think it's that funny for you jumping into the DMs. I'm sure as 19 or 20 year old kids, they weren't thinking it was funny to have him jump into the DMs either. But. It's kind of like, all right, you take the bus back to your campus, I'll take the bus back to my campus, and then we kind of never, never see each other again. So it's a little bit different, but that is really a new one. I don't know if the young kids out there are going to start taking a page out of Jalen's book and start DMing each other's girlfriends. That really seems like a deep cut, another thirst level, heavy thirst level. Crazy thing is Jalen... He's already one of the best players in the country in college. He's still one of the best football players in the world now in the NFL. He really doesn't need that edge, but I just think that shows that competitive drive that pushes people to be the best. Sometimes it's really unorthodox ways. Sometimes it's really weird ways, but some people like Jalen who are really great are like really possessed in a way. And I'm not trying to say he's like crazy Um, and I'm not trying to use it in a demeaning term but just possessed with being as great as they can be and really getting any any advantage they can any edge they can over their opponents no matter how slight whether it's physical whether it's mental emotional psychological physiological right no matter what edge they can get they're looking for it and I think that I mean yeah is he crossing the line maybe but sometimes you do what you have to do to have a chance to win and obviously he didn't say that he actually did you know try to hook up with any of the girls or really you know actually go about smooching them or taking them out to froyo or anything he just said you know he he just kind of slid right into the dms that's all so I, i think he left it at that um but yeah did he cross the line a little bit maybe but you gotta respect the hustle you gotta respect the hustle now for thirst season, our very last story is actually somebody who's a little refreshing, pun intended, because he's not thirsty at all. And talking about sliding into the DMs as Jalen Ramsey has been, this is a gentleman who you won't really see sliding into any DMs. This is Kemba Walker, my guy, love him. He was a legend at the University of Connecticut where he won the national title. He was a superstar for the Charlotte Hornets, and now has just moved as a free agent and now y'all know what that means i'm open family shout out to you to the boston celtics now he recently visited our guys Jesus and marrow shout out bodega hive on their show on showtime and they asked him all right during free agency like were you talking to the other guys were you trying to recruit the other guys were you talking to them about where they were gonna go and kemba said he doesn't have anyone's phone number like not like not like he not like if you open up his contacts it's just like blank and it's just like 911 and that's it but he was just like I don't have any of my teammates phone number I don't have any other players phone number like I don't talk to them like that and I don't know if it's totally true but I kind of want believe him like Kemba's a pretty chill guy and I'll be honest I don't really have really a lot of my coworkers' phone numbers. I think a lot of people assume, oh, wow, NBA is everybody's friends because you see them high-fiving because you see them, like, chest-bumping. I mean, that's not 
really true. It's still basketball, football, any sport. It's still like this is their job. Just like any other job. I mean, it's not just like any other job. But you can see guys hugging. You can see guys high-fiving, having special fancy handshakes with each other. That doesn't really mean they're best, best friends. I mean, a lot of the guys in the league... Whether it's NBA, NFL, women, you know, the WNBA on the Women's World World Cup uh, champion team that we just saw. They don't actually all hang out with the whole team all the time. It's not like Bad News Bears or Remember the Titans or something. It's like they probably have like a couple people on the team who they're really friends with. But they're not like all, all best friends with each other. Like going to the movies every single night, going bowling the next night and then all having a sleepover. And having a pillow fight. That's not how it is. So, I love how Kemba was just straight up. He's not really, like, pretending like, oh, yeah, I was talking to a few guys. It was kind of cool. He was just like, no, I don't talk to anybody. No. I don't know. Don't, I don't talk to anybody. I mean, he, I'm sure he knows the guys. I'm sure he's friendly with them. You know, it's like the people who you just see as you're refilling your coffee in the kitchen. You say, oh, wow, it's a hot one today, huh? You like this coffee? Yeah, cool, cool. Me too. One cream, one sugar. All right, have a good one. It's like that type of thing. And then, you what? And then you know, smile and shake hands, move on or whatever. So I'm, I think it's really re- kind of cool and refreshing, as I mentioned before. Kemba's not really pressed. He's the anti-Rob Palenka, as you could say. He's not really pressed about trying to, like, be everybody's best friend. He knows he's good. He knows he's talented. He knows that he's fun to be around, and he's a nice guy. And he doesn't have to try to prove it. He doesn't have to try to slide into people's DMs. He doesn't have to try to call him every 20 minutes. He doesn't even fucking have anyone's number. And he's not worried about it. He's not. So I think that's really dope, and I think that's a great uh, refreshing end to our thirsty thirsty summer segment a lot of thirsty people out there don't let that be you hydrate hydrate and hydrate again baby hydrate always because that's very important and our bodies are made of 99 percent water okay so if you don't be hydrating all day you might you know you might not be 100 percent yourself okay so please hydrate don't be thirsty this summer Now, some people don't like summer because it's too hot. I love it when it's hot. And men's not hot. Okay, but the one thing I don't really like about summer, and that's really the only thing, because I, I like it basically every else, everything else. But the one thing that I don't really like about summer is that there's not that many sports to watch. The only sport to watch is baseball. And I mean you know, it's good for nap time, you know, but I don't know about, like, entertainment value in the same way. Like, shout out Ice Cube, my guy, Are We There Yet, okay, and many more family films, because he is trying to, you know, solve that problem with the big three basketball league, which is watching old guys play basketball half court. That's a lot of fun. But baseball is really the main sport to watch in the summer. And... One team that has actually made news, and I'm always looking for baseball stories that at least intrigue me, at least give me something to think about, and at least give me something to share with y'all, and this one really caught my eye. 
It did. Because the Oakland A's have just signed a random fan based on a viral video. And I'm not I'm by signed I mean like they put him on the team. They got him on the team. Now, this isn't like a Dancing with the Stars situation or American Idol situation where somebody had like a tryout and then they were like, wow, I mean, you know, the winner from one of your local cities has a chance to be. This isn't a Make-A-Wish Foundation. No, like legit, they signed this dude to a contract and he is going to be on the team. Now, he might not play in the pros anytime soon because baseball has a whole tiered system where there's like minor levels of minor leagues. You have to work your way up. But... Nonetheless, this man literally signed, put pen to paper, signed a contract with the Oakland A's baseball team. Now, the backstory. Nathan Patterson. He was at a Colorado Rockies game. And they have a fast pitch game. You know, a lot of different arenas and stadiums have different little games and activities for folk to play. So they don't get too bored watching baseball. So, one, you know, one activity some have is you go inside like a little netted area and you try to throw the ball as fast as you can and then it like measures and tells you how how many miles per hour you're throwing at so you can try to throw it, you know, as fast as the pros. Now, generally, it's pretty like the best, best guys, just for reference, the best pitchers in the world can throw over a hundred miles an hour, which is pretty fucking wild, but they can't throw it over a hundred miles an hour every single throw, like maybe a, you know, a couple throws a game over a hundred, but it's not like you're just going out there throwing a hundred every single time. The best pitchers in the game and really the best pitchers in the world, basically, if you're in the pros, if you're a professional pitcher, you can consistently throw it over 90 miles an hour, which is very fast. So Nathan, he was at a Colorado Rockies game. He was playing this fast pitch game, and his brother was filming him, and he was consistently throwing in the 90s. And he even got a few of his pitches up to 96, which is fast as shit. That's really fast. But to be fair, if you watch the video, he wasn't actually like pitching in a normal pitching motion that pitchers use. He was getting like a running start, which is not the way pitchers... You're not allowed to have a running start. You know, as a pitcher, you have to keep your foot on the pitcher's mound on the plate the entire time. So you can't have a running start, first of all. Second of all, pitching isn't just about throwing the ball as fast as you can. It's not like racing. It's it's about precision as well. I mean, some of the best pitchers in the game and of all time actually don't throw it fast very often because a lot of it is about placement, mental, mentally challenging the hitter, you know, thinking one step ahead so you're throwing a pitch that they're not expecting, a curveball when they think a fastball, a fastball when they think a curveball, a changeup, you, you know, when they think a fast, you know, mixing it up on them. So it's not just about throwing it as, as hard as you can. It's not like shot put or something. But it's still, I mean, look, it goes both ways. It's pretty incredible that this guy can throw at 96 miles an hour. That's really fast. I'm not trying to scoff at that. That's way faster than I can throw a baseball. I'm willing to admit that right now on the air to the general public. I cannot throw a baseball 96 miles an hour. And I, I'll admit that. And I'm still, a, you know, I'm still a confident guy. But, uh, I mean, how how desperate do these guys have to be? Now I almost feel like the Oakland A's should have been in the thirsty section. Because it's like, really? You're just signing a random guy? You're just signing a random guy? 
that just can just can throw really fast with a running start in like a game. I mean, it just seems like there's not any. I mean, I know they they did say he used to play baseball in high school. It's not like he'd never like seen a baseball before. But I mean, it just really it it would be like it would be like the New York Knicks seeing somebody with those viral basketball dunk shots where all the kids throw the ball up to each other and then finally somebody slams it into the pool basketball hoop and then everybody dives into the pool and jumps in a big splash at the same time and cheers. It would be like if the New York Knicks signed those kids onto their team because of a viral pool dunk combination. Now... Actually, maybe the Knicks should do that because they've been having trouble lately. But it just is. It, and I and I try, like I mentioned, I try. I always try to give baseball the platform to be on the show, to share interesting stories on the show. And luckily, even though baseball is not that interesting to watch, it does bring about a lot of interesting stories. And one thing I've talked, you know, about baseball that I think is just as a fan, it can be like really because. The guys eat during the games. It's the only sport where you're allowed to eat while you play. A lot of the guys don't really look like they're in shape. Only some of the players have to run. Some don't. And even if you do run, you really only run for like a minute or two the whole game. So it's like a three-hour game and you maybe run for like two minutes aggregate of combined running that you do the whole game. Maybe two minutes. And I'm not counting running on and off the field because that's not during the game. So, there's all these things that kind of make baseball be like, alright, I mean, yeah, it's really hard. It takes incredible hand-eye coordination to hit a pitch, especially, like I said, if it's 95, 100 miles an hour. And I'm not trying to scoff at the skill set these guys have. But then when you just sign a random guy off the street because he can throw really fast, it's kind of like you're giving me more ammo, baseball. You're giving me more ammunition here. Because... I, I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to say some random guy off the street is good enough to be a professional baseball player, but the Oakland A's are. That's what they think. So, I mean, it just, it adds fuel to the fire. It does, and I know a lot of baseball players are really impressive athletes, and incredible athletes, but it's just, it makes you think twice, and it makes you do a double take when you look back. And they just signed some random guy because he had a viral video. And, I'm, you know, I don't like the word random guy. Because none of us are random. We're all unique, special individuals like snowflakes that are one of a kind. So no one's random. Let's stop you. Let's stop. Let's cancel. the. This is cancel culture is hot right now in 2019. Let's cancel the word random. Because it's just, it's really demeaning. So I'm sorry, Nathan. You are not random. You are special and you are an individual. Um, and no one's really random. So stop calling people random. That's dumb. It's not really nice to people. No one's random. But, and that anyway, that's just a sidebar. A guy who had a, a viral video and now he's a professional baseball player. So when I'm like doubting, like, how come y'all eat during the games? How come a lot of the guys don't look like they're in shape at all during the games? How come, you know... People are just scratching their nuts more than they run during the games. Now you're just adding fuel to my fire, Oakland days, because it seems like maybe you agree with me? I don't know. Anyway, good luck, Nathan. And I hope you go out there and rock it. I hope you go out there and, you know, become an all-star and prove to everyone that you really are 
the Justin Bieber of baseball and you can just go viral off of some internet videos and suddenly be a superstar in the game. I hope you can do it. We were all pleasantly surprised by the recent personnel movements for the Oakland Athletics baseball team, and this just must be the week of pleasant surprises because we have another incredibly pleasant surprise, and that is in the form of my new favorite young adults author. Yes, this is a sports podcast for people who don't like sports, I know, I'm aware, but why? Why are we going to be talking about young adults' books? Well, that is because Kobe, the one and only Kobe Bean Bryant, the legend, the god of Los Angeles, the champion, the Laker for life, the man whose grasp on the fans' hearts is so, so strong that they're not willing to accept LeBron, even though Kobe's already retired. Yes, I'm talking about that Kobe Bryant. He is my new favorite young adult author. Now, I haven't even gotten a chance to read Kobe's books yet, but I can tell you I am so excited. I will be in line waiting as soon as they are released, like it's Harry Potter number eight, okay? Because Kobe is about to set the world of young adult fantasy literature on fire. That's a guarantee. Luckily, Yes, these books are not out. We're expecting them to come very soon this fall, just in time for my birthday. But luckily, we do have now out to the public a synopsis of, actually synopses of these first two projects Kobe has been working on. And yes, pre-orders are available right now. So we are so grateful to have this juice this hint and this little piece to glean about these books and what, what we can look forward to. Yes, I did say these are fantasy books. Now, Kobe didn't write these books about passing to his teammates because that would obviously be a fantasy that's a little too, too far-fetched. But he really did create these two books. Now, here's the first one that's called Legacy and the Queen. Actually, it says created by Kobe Bryant. And written by Annie Matthews. So we're going to have to kind of figure out, was Kobe a ghostwriter situation? Just Did Kobe just kind of come up with the idea and then have somebody else write it for him? We'll kind of have to figure that out as it comes out. But this is so exciting. All I want to do is just read the summary of this book because it's got to be so, oh man, I'm like, I'm tripping over my tongue already because I'm just so fired up about this book. Now it's called Legacy and the Queen. We can expect it published September 3rd, coming up so soon. Now here is the official promotional text about the book from the mind of basketball legend and academy award-winning storyteller kobe bryant comes a new tale of finding your inner magic against all odds now this is this is back to me talking we all knew it was over as soon as soon as kobe won an academy award he was never ever going to let anybody forget that moment yes he's an nba champion but oh it was over when he won an Academy Award. It was absolutely over. I don't know if you guys remember, Kobe did win an Academy Award, I think it was last year, when he 
basically wrote a little sort of poem slash just monologue type thing about called Dear Basketball, about his emotional goodbye to the game of basketball and all it's done for him. And he got it animated by some sort of Pixar guy. It was like animated in a little cartoon with Kobe's voice. And he won an Academy Award for that, I think for short, uh, digital short. So he's still rubbing it in our face now. Now back, back, back to the book summary. Game, set, magic. Game. Tennis means life and death for the residents of the magical kingdom of Nova. And for 12-year-old Legacy, it's the only thing getting her through their long days taking care of the other kids at the orphanage. That's all about to change when she hears about Scylla's tournament. Set. Scylla. The ruler of Nova hosts an annual tournament for the less fortunate of her citizens to come and prove themselves and win an entrance to the academy, where they can train to compete at nationals. The prize is Scylla's favor and enough cash to keep open the orphanage. Orphanage, And Legacy has her heart set on both. Magic. What Legacy has yet to know is that the other players have something besides their skills and more money than she does in Nova. Tennis can unlock magic, magic that Scylla used to save the kingdom long, long ago, and magic that her competitors have been training in for months already. Now, with the world turned against her and the orphanage at stake, Legacy has to learn to use her passion for the game to rise above those around her and shine. Wow. Wow. I'm already, like, I'm already so hooked. I'm already so, so fired up. Like, this is, so, it basically sounds almost like tennis magic hunger games mixed with or the girls trying to save the orphanage. I love it. It's still got the messages of sports. Of course, the girl's name is Legacy. How Kobe could that be? <laughs> How that couldn't be any more Kobe? And she needs to save the kingdom with magic tennis. Okay, so Kobe, he doesn't just love basketball. He loves all sports. And he's using, I guess, these lessons from sports to teach about uh, the tennis, magical tennis land where the girl has to battle with tennis magic to save the orphanage. It's like Quidditch meets The Hunger Games meets Oliver Twist or something. This sounds awesome. And I wonder, I really wonder if Legacy is going to be able to save the orphanage, but we'll all just have to read to find out, and we can only hope and pray that one day this becomes a movie that, that we can go and, and watch so the people can really have a, have a visual to go along with this beautiful story. Now, luckily for all of us, that's not all, because I know we're going to go through, we're going to just read the shit out of this book, Legacy and the Queen, and get it, get the play on words now that I read the whole resume. Legacy, it's not just about the legacy, it's literally her name is Legacy. Now I really get it. Now I get it. Part, I mean, luckily, that's just part one, because we do have another Kobe book that's on the way out. That is right. It's not just one. He's not going to stop there. Just like he didn't stop at one championship. Now, this one is also a little confusing. It says, created by Kobe Bryant, written by Ivy Clare. So, I guess the Kobe's going through this whole ghostwriter situation where he just comes up with ideas for books, tells other people to write them, but a bang, but a bang, but a boom, the book is out, and Kobe's got his name on it. You can pre-order that one right now as well. 
Okay, these things are coming in hot. They're flying off the shelves, metaphorically. I mean, I know Kindles, you don't need to put them on a book on a shelf. Just put in your Kindle with your hard drive, whatever young people use these days. But we got another one here from the mind of Kobe Bryant. This one is called Epoca, the Tree of Ekroff. Again, sounds very fantasy to me. Let's go in to the publisher's summary official from the mind of basketball legend, Academy Award-winning and New York Times best-selling storyteller Kobe Bryant comes a new tale of finding your strength against all odds. Wow. So, yes, Kobe is still rubbing it in. He won his Academy Award. We get it, Kobe. You won it. But not only does he say that, he doesn't want to say NBA champion, but he says New York Times best-selling storyteller. Kobe is just shoving his freaking resume and all of his awards and pamphlets and certificates and plaques right down our throats. So... Here is the summary of the second book, Epica, the Tree of Ekroff. <clears throat> Set in an alternate, classical world dominated by sports and a magical power called Grana, Epica, the Tree of Ekroff, is the story of two children, the lowly-born Rovi and the crown princess Precia, who uncover and battle terrible evil and discover their inner strength along the way. Epica, the tree of Ekroff, takes place at the most elite sports academy in the land, where the best child athletes are sent to hone their skills. When Rovi and Precia arrive, each harboring a secret about themselves, they begin to suspect that something evil is at play at the school. In the course of their first year, they must learn to master their grana, which, if you were listening at the beginning, that is the magical power that is dominating the whole land. In the course of their first year, they must learn to master their grana, in order to save the world from dark forces that are rising. Wow. This one might, I mean, this one may, maybe even has me even more excited than the first summary, than the first book. Now, Kobe, he is kind of a, he's always been a groundbreaking guy. Okay. He always, he made up his own nickname, Black Mamba. Okay. He, he called his teammates soft like Charmin. Okay, Kobe has been a groundbreaking guy every step of the way. He wrote a freaking Academy Award winning little mini movie to celebrate his own retirement. Okay, so every step he goes, Kobe is trying to do things that nobody else has done. And this is something really dope that nobody else has really done, which is combine the world of fantasy and magic with the world of sports. Obviously, I knew Kobe was it was, it was interested in sports. I knew that he liked that and it was something that was important in his life. I did not know that Kobe was such a magic guy. I did not know that Kobe was such a fantasy head. Or I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm using the right terminology, but whichever one he is, I didn't know that Kobe was that into the, into the world of, of magic and mystery and fantasy. But it's pretty dope that he is. And I know Kobe himself, he has some young daughters. They are athletes themselves. So I think Kobe as a father is thinking about what are ways that I can get kids connected to sports, interested in sports. Beyond just practice, beyond just watching sports, and this fantasy angle is really cool. I gotta say, the sort of poor person who doesn't have a lot of expectations on them, but then has a huge sort of opportunity thrust upon them, and they have to use their magic to save the kingdom. Like, you do kind of see some parallels in both of these stories, but I guess you kind of see that same parallel in... Almost every fantasy story, if you talk about Luke Skywalker, if you talk about Harry Potter, if you talk about Frodo and, and Bilbo Baggins, etc., etc., it's kind of a common 
theme in fantasy stories. So you can see where Kobe's getting it from. No hate there. It does seem a little bit like maybe Kobe was getting some inspiration from Quidditch, from Hogwarts, because that's the that's the kind of magical sport. That's the main magical sport reference I'm aware of, but I think it's dope that he's really just going all in. It's like the whole book was about Quidditch. I think that's dope. Kobe, he's been talking a lot about his muse cage. Sorry, I know that's a that's a mouthful, but he has been really into his muse cage lately. And that's kind of, I guess, the space he goes where he cages himself with his muse, which is himself, which is his own creativity. And he is his own greatest enemy and he is his own greatest fan. And Kobe in his muse cage comes up with ideas. It's sort of like his his bat cave or, or bat, bat lair. Or whatever you call it, that's kind of what it is for Kobe. So he's been deep in his muse cage, coming up with ideas, and when he comes out, this is what he has to show for it. I am so excited. Everything Kobe does, he does to the fullest extent. He wants to be the best at it, so I have no doubt. Soon, Kobe will be on the top of the fantasy fiction world, just like J.K. Rowling, just like J.R.R. Tolkien, just like the, the lady who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. Kobe's going to be right up there, right along all of those other legends of the game, just like he was with the legend and is with the legends of the basketball game. So thank you, Kobe. Thank you so much for gracing us with your creativity. Thank you for diving deeper and deeper deeper into your muse cage to find these incredible ideas that nobody else has had before. And thank you for sharing these with us, with the world. I cannot wait. And if you want to sign up for the I'm Open Book Club Kobe Bryant Books Only, please DM us. Please let us know. The Kobe Bryant Book Club will be getting started very shortly as soon as these books come out. And we just cannot wait to share and discuss the themes, maybe metaphors, foreshadowing. Who knows what these books might include. I'm sure it's going to be something awesome. So thank you again, Kobe. Thank you so much. We can't thank you enough for sharing these books with us. And I hope it's just inspiration for other athletes that you don't have to just go to be a coach or to talk on TV about your sport when you retire. You can write fantasy children's books. You can be a chef. You can be a kayak instructor. You can literally be whatever you want. You can be a stewardess. You could be a hand model. Whatever you want, don't box yourself in. And that's why this is the fucking I'm Open podcast, like I always tell you guys, because we're open to new opportunities. We're open to new possibilities. And I think Kobe demonstrates that through his life right now in his retirement, exploring not just the world of basketball, but the world of fantasy, the world of writing. Thank you, Kobe, for being an inspiration to us, athletes all over the world, and really just people everywhere on this planet and on other planets. Thank you so much, Kobe. We appreciate you. We, we really do. Mamba, keep it coming because we will be here for all of the Mamba fantasy content that we can get. Earlier in the episode, we were talking about Anthony Davis, how he was one of the big names to change teams this offseason, enforcing a trade to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, in football, we had a lot of big names change teams as well. One of the biggest names 
and one of the biggest superstars to change teams was Antonio Brown, and he forced a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Oakland Raiders. Now, Antonio had had an extremely successful run with the Steelers. They're a contender every year. He's been a pro bowler every year, which is what, you know, the NFL uh, calls their all-star, their all-stars, pro bowlers. So he's been a pro bowler basically every year. He's been one of the best players in the league every year and been on a team that hasn't won a championship, but they've had a chance of competing for a championship basically every year on a really good team. And he's decided to leave and go where, frankly, where he could get more money guaranteed with the Oakland Raiders. But Antonio is already getting cold feet. Yeah, literally, his feet are way too cold. And that's why he hasn't been practicing with the team lately. Now, this is not your traditional cold foot situation. Antonio Brown literally has frostbite on his feet. And that is what been, has been keeping him from practicing with his team normally. Now, he said he's been kind of like doing workouts from like a sitting position or a kneeling position, basically in situations where he does not have to stand up. But the frostbite on his feet is really holding him back from walking around normally and working out normally with his team. Now, this all goes back to a visit to a cryotherapy chamber in France last month. Antonio was over there. And he was going through a cryotherapy process. Now, cryotherapy, um, Antonio's not the only athlete who has used this. It's also known as cold therapy, so it makes sense. That is why his feet got a little too cold. But it's the use of very low temperatures and medical therapy to treat a variety of tissue, lesions, and basically to aid with recovery, especially helps with muscle pain, sprains, swelling, tissue damage, all of the different things that can happen to you pretty often when you're having somebody smash his helmet into your knee hundreds of times over a course of a year or a season. So Antonio was over in France getting cryotherapy. Unfortunately, he did not wear the correct footwear for his therapy for this cryotherapy session. I don't know if they didn't tell him what type of footwear you're supposed to wear. He is a very stylish gentleman, so I don't know if he really wanted to wear a specific pair of shoes that they didn't want him to wear. That still has not come out. But Antonio was not wearing the correct footwear during his cryotherapy session. Now, when he came out, he said he's, he felt a burning sensation in his feet and they started to swell. Oh no, not good for a wide receiver. Not good for anyone really, but especially not for Antonio Brown, whose main job is running, catching, and then continuing to run. So it's really important to have your feet for those tasks other than catching, obviously, because those are for, for hands, but the running part is really important to use your feet. So he came out, his feet were swelling, burning sensations. He called a doctor and he had him cut. And he even he, Antonio said he literally used a little scalpel to cut his skin like a giant blister on the bottom of his foot to release the fluids from his foot. So now Antonio is walking around or maybe not really walking around so much, but Antonio is living life with basically giant flaps of dead skin underneath his feet. Luckily, he said the pain is going down. The swelling is going down. We're on WebMD right now, and this is their suggestion. What to do if you get frostbite first? Get to a warm place. Don't rub your skin. That can damage it. If it's frozen, resist the urge to place cold hands or feet in a tub of hot water. Because if the water is too hot, your your skin might be too numb and you won't be able to feel that. 
and it could cause further damage. Instead, soak the affected hands and feet in warm water or place a washcloth with warm water on the affected areas that can't be submerged for at least 30 minutes. Your skin should start to heal quickly. As it thaws, it may get red. You also may get painful stinging or prickling sensations like pins and needles. It sounds like Antonio was experiencing a lot of this pain. Luckily, he had a doctor to help him out. But now, like I mentioned, what his situation is, he's just got a big old, he said it felt like an empty whoopee cushion. You have to appreciate his descriptive language in this time of need and suffering, but he's basically got like a big old flap of dead skin stuck to the bottom of his feet. So he can't really run. I'm sure it feels really uncomfortable to even walk. And he's just kind of waiting until all of his blisters and all of his dead skin falls off. Frostbite, the recovery period, it does depend on how deep it gets you. The extent of the tissue injury, whether there's any complications, infections, it even could take one to three months to determine the full damage on your tissue. So obviously all the Raiders fans out there and frankly all the football fans out there are praying that Antonio Brown's feet heal quicker and sooner rather than later. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. It's really hard. Like I said, running is this man's job. And when he's got a big old loaf of dead skin stuck to the bottom of his feet, it's really hard for him to even practice. He's got a new team now. How is he supposed to get on the same page with his new teammates, with his new quarterback, Derek Carr, without having the chance to practice? Luckily for all of us, especially the gory folks out there in the I'm Open family HBO is currently following Antonio Brown's team, the Oakland Raiders, for their program, Hard Knocks. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with Hard Knocks, every year, HBO follows one NFL football team during the preseason, which are basically four weeks of practice games, sort of scrimmages, before the real season actually starts. So it's like an HBO reality show. It's very entertaining. I'd recommend it if y'all haven't seen it before. So on the most recent episode of Hard Knocks, Antonio is actually willing to show up close and personal with those fancy HBO cameras. Now, look, y'all should have known if you're HBO, they're known for, you know, showing nipples, showing people getting stabbed. So, you know, they're showing some crusty dead skin cells on a man's feet. They are not scared to show anything. So you are getting an up-close and personal HD vision of the frostbite reaction and sort of dead skin blister situation going on on the bottom of Antonio Brown's feet up-close and personal on HBO. So, I mean, luckily he's willing to joke about it with the whole whoopee cushion comment. He's willing to share share it on TV with the public and let us all, you know, behind the curtain with this process. But, you know, let's just hope that his skin heals or falls off or whatever needs to happen and he can get those feet back warmed up in time for season, which is just around the corner. And I have to say, this is one of the weirdest injuries I have ever heard of. I know he was trying to go above and beyond with his cryotherapy to do everything he can to help with his recovery for this season. And it seems like in a way it backfired. Please, Antonio, get well soon, and please make sure next time you cryotherapy yourself, you wear proper footwear, because we can't have you missing more time like this. Yes, it's a funny situation. Yes, you're being a good sport and joking about it, but just please make sure next time you wear the proper footwear. And all the athletes out there, everyone out there who uses cryotherapy uh, to try to recover, you know, good for you. 
I'm glad you can afford that. I'm sh- I don't think that's covered on my uh, in- current insurance plan. But just please make sure you're wearing the prop footwear. I'm open family. As you know, we cannot say goodbye without recognizing our mask off performer of the week. That's something we do every single episode in recognition of someone who has taken their mask off and revealed something new about themselves. Now, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be bad. It just has to be a revelation to us, the I'm Open family and the public of something new about that figure. Of course, this segment is inspired by the one and only future. Thank you so much, future. Thank you. Mask on, fuck it, mask on. Mask on, fuck it, mask on. Now this week, the mask off award goes to someone who literally does wear a mask every single day for their job, and that is the New Jersey Devil himself, the mascot for the New Jersey Devils hockey team. The Devils had a rough season. This year in the NHL, they did not make the playoffs. So luckily for the New Jersey Devil, the silver lining was he had plenty of free time this summer. Now he used some of that free time to visit a birthday party at the Little Gym in Edison, New Jersey. Now I'm not trying to say that the gym is small. It's literally called the Little Gym. It seems like a place where like they have like ball pits and different games for kids to like run around and and uh, goof around. Sort of like an indoor playground type situation, the little gym in Edison, New Jersey. There was a birthday party going on for uh, a, a young uh, f- child who was turning five years old. And it's pretty dope. I, as a kid, I probably would have been kind of spooked to have like a giant devil co- costume. Because as a kid, you don't really realize it's a costume. So it would be a little spooky to have like a giant stuffed animal looking devil at your birthday party. But it is really cool. To have guests at your birthday party, surprise guests at your birthday party, especially the mascot. If you're a big hockey fan, I don't know if the little five-year-old was a big hockey fan. I guess they must have been, but it's pretty dope to have the mascot from your favorite team show up for your birthday party. Their parents definitely hooked it up, so shout out to them. But that's not why this mascot is the mask off. Wow, that rhymed, mascot, mask off. But that's not why they are. The Mask Off Performer of the Week. Because I'm sure a lot of mascots have gone to birthday parties. Hey, all of us have gone to birthday parties before, so that doesn't make you that special. Now, in the height of the excitement of the birthday party, the kids were playing some sort of a parachute game where you wave the sort of giant uh, circular tarps. You guys know what I'm talking about. There's those giant sort of circular tarps with little handles around the end for everybody to to hold and wave. So you can wave them all around the end. You can make waves. You can kind of like pick them up and have people run underneath them. They're a lot of fun to play with for kids and frankly for, for everyone, for adults, for people of all ages. So they were doing this sort of parachute game, all waving the parachute. And in a moment of excitement, the New Jersey Devil uh, released the parachute, let go. And ran as seemingly as fast as he could straight into a window, a glass window, which shattered. Now, I can't share 
unfortunately, the video on this format because it's a podcast uh, currently. Um, so that this is a this is a purely audio form of content. But I will be sharing the video to our Instagram. I'm open underscore pod on Instagram. If you don't follow us already, you're missing out on unique sports content that you will not find anywhere else. But right now, because I do think it's still worth it, and I do think it's still exciting and kind of gives you a little taste of the event, of the mood in the room, I'm going to just play for you the audio of the moment that we have just described where the New Jersey Devil, along with all the young children at the birthday party, are all playing this parachute game. And then out of nowhere, it's really impossible to understand why or or just what is the motivation here? The devil starts sprinting towards a glass window and the whole thing shatters. So here we go. You can hear the reactions of the parents and you can hear all the kids stop laughing immediately to turn and look at the shattered glass. What you have to love is that one of the parents, and I'm sure whoever they are out there, is a member of the I'm Open family because one of the parents in this moment of chaos just had to say, nailed it, <laughs> as the New Jersey Devil had run headfirst into the glass. Now, I know when you're wearing a mascot costume, it is a big old mask. That's why this is the mask off, you know, performer of the week. Because if if they if the guy had taken his mask off, he definitely would have seen that there was a glass window there. I don't know if the mask was too big, and he 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 couldn't really see out, so he just thought he was running around the room and didn't realize he was running straight into a glass wall. Um, I'm not really sure why. Maybe this was a cry for help. And maybe that's the reason that the New Jersey Devil is the mask off performer of the week. I mean, maybe this is a cry for help that um, he's really at his lowest point and he's he's willing to run through a window, cover himself in shattered glass. That's how low he is right now. Maybe the New Jersey Devil is the mask off performer of the week because it has been revealed that they should never be invited to any birthday party ever again. Or maybe... On the other hand, maybe they should be invited to every birthday party, every single birthday party. I mean, if you really want your birthday party to be lit, if you really want a birthday party that everyone is going to remember, look, there's so many birthday parties every year. Everybody has birthday parties, okay? But if you really want your birthday party to be a birthday party that stands out, that everyone remembers, maybe you want to invite the New Jersey Devil to your birthday party. Because do you have any friends who are willing to go that hard for you, for your birthday? Do you have any friends who are willing to dive through a glass window just to prove a point? Just to make your birthday party memorable? Just to make a moment that will last a lifetime? I don't know if you do. Look around and take a deep, deep look through your contact list. Take a deep, deep look into your heart and and, and really wonder... Do any of my friends care about me like the New Jersey Devil cared about this little guy's birthday to really get buck wild like that, to really go all out and leave it all on the field? Blood, sweat, and tears, and shattered glass? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. So there's so many different reasons that this New Jersey Devil is both literally and metaphorically our mask-off performer of the week. I am so proud of him for going above and beyond, and that is the type of attitude, that is the type of action we need to see, not only from all mascots out there, but from all birthday party attendees out there. This has shown us what we can really do to not just have a normal old birthday party where you blow out the candles, you sing, and you play a little round of musical chairs and call it a day. No. Let's make moments that will last. So thanks again to the New Jersey Devil for setting an impressive and inspirational example for all of us. And thank you for being our Mask Off Performer of the Week. Thanks again for listening to I'm Open Podcast. Don't forget to give us a rating and tell your friends to listen to the show. And now... You can follow us on Instagram at imopen underscore pod for sports content you won't find anywhere else. Everyone, have a great night, and don't forget to stay open.